0: Thank you. Welcome to Socks on Tap. This is Tony Marchese. I am joined for the first time by Andrew Kinsler, a Shy Socks Weekly on Tap Sportsnet blogger. Andrew, I know you've done one of these with Johnny before. Not your first time on here, but first time with me.
1: How you doing tonight, buddy? Tony, it's Friday. We're heading into a long weekend. Uh, That's about all I can really get excited about after this shellacking we took from uh, those pesky twins up north. I don't know. What do you think? You know, it was it was looking good early.
0: Looks great. Yeah, it looked great. Um and then I started watching the game. So, uh <laughs> like I like I talked to you about before uh before we started recording here, I was coaching my kid tonight and uh, I missed the uh the first inning and a half and luckily those innings took forever, so I got to get into this game in about the second. I saw the Sox um Uh, finish off that second inning they put up four runs and they were looking really good and then uh, that was about it they did not score any any more runs from there on throughout the game and Minnesota scored a bunch of them and they all seemed to come on the big fly so um, I like I like to call that not great Bob and I'm sure you can echo that statement right there
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you could not be more right. Uh, You pretty much missed some of the best parts of the game there, I would say. So, as you said, yeah, those first few innings really did take a while. But uh, we were looking good very early on. So, I mean, uh, we kind of did miss out on a scoring chance there in the top of the first. So, Charlie Tilson got hit by a pitch. And then early on in the first, I'm not sure if... This is something that I would have done. A lot of people are kind of questioning this there on Twitter. Ricky Renneria either called the sack bunt or Yoan Mankata kind of decided to do that on his own with Miguel Sano at third. Uh, I'm not sure what you thought about that.
0: You know, I didn't get to see the play, Andrew, but um, it, the bunt is always going to be a hotly contested topic with this team. Ricky's not going to give that up. I don't foresee him giving... You know, any leeway as far as as uh, players choosing to call off his bunt signals. Um, you, we all know that Ricky's the type of guy that's going to bench you if you don't listen to him, don't hustle, all that type of stuff. You know we haven't seen a lot of that this year, but I would guess that that was a Ricky decision. Um, he he really loves to go to the bunt, and um, like I said, I didn't get to see the play, but I mean the bunt it, it has worked this year. I, I don't think we can argue that it, that it. That it hasn't worked all the time, so you know he's he's gonna go to that bunt when he wants to, and <laughs> you know I don't like taking the bat out of a guy like Mancata. You know, like it, he is probably the best pure hitter on this team. He's got the best swing. Um, you know, the exit velocities and all that other uh, stat stuff speaks for itself as far as you know in game. Although I do see why somebody would bunt on a Sano. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of a toss up for me, but, um, I guess in that situation as described, uh, I'd rather see Moncada trying to hit. I mean, you go back to the mathematics that when you bunt, you, uh, you lessen your likely of winning a ball game. And uh, I think with a guy like Moncada, we all know that he's got power. We all know that he can hit the ball hard. Um, I'd, I'd rather see him swinging in that situation a hundred percent of the time. So uh,
1: that's just my feelings on it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. And especially what that tells me is in that situation, you're really only going for one run, and when you're going up against this offense, you're going to need a heck of a lot more than one run. So, actually coming into this ball game, um after our series with Houston where we split, the Twins actually took over the best record in baseball, and I mean, they've been crushing the they've been just crushing it all over the field this year. So, um A few stats to back that up there, actually. Actually, coming into this game, they had 50 more home runs at this point this year than they did last year, and they currently lead the league in homers, slugging percentage, on-base percentage, or, excuse me, OPS, and uh, they're pretty much towards the top in just about everything else. Second in batting average and doubles, third in total hits, and uh, they haven't lost more than two games in a row. So you're you're for sure going to need more runs than that. Um, even though the runs may be tough to come by against one Jose Barrios. And you know, Barrios didn't really look all that great in my opinion. I I felt like, I
0: felt like even into the third, fourth inning after they had given up three in the second or three in the, in the, uh, in the fourth inning, I still felt like the white Sox offense could kind of crack him. They, they, they had a few different chances where they could have put some runs on the board and start a little bit of a rally. Um, I don't think it was until about the, you know, midway through the fourth, fifth inning that I really felt like this game was gone. Um, you know, you, you end the second inning and you're still up four three. Then you go down by a runner two. I think I texted you at that point in time. Yeah. It's still a winnable ball game. You're like, we're going to get crushed. And yeah. you know, i that, that type of thing happens. And, I, and this, this game just continued to slip away from the white Sox as it went on. But, when you're in a you know four uh, ball game, um, I still think that the White Sox offense should be able to put up three four runs in, in any given inning you know we've seen that a few times this year but they did I mean the bats just died um, and I, I don't really think that uh, I don't really think that Barrios was was outstanding as he could have been. Um, you know base runners really seem to bother him today. And I feel like the White Sox could have capitalized on that a little bit better than they did. Um, You know, and as far as, uh, you know, leaving runners on base goes, uh, this one could have been a lot more deadly. Um, I know this is something that I go to almost all the time, but the Sox only left 12 runners on base to 22 for the Twins today. So, um, you know, the the Twins were all over the base pass. The Sox, you know, they they, they were on there a decent amount, but, you know, something to be said for not getting any runs across the plate from the from the second inning on
1: absolutely yeah I mean I would say Jose Barrios did not have his best stuff but uh he really did settle in there for a little bit um you know he was able to scatter those nine hits and uh as you said pretty much after that second inning we weren't really able to get a whole lot else going with the bats the bats really did just die and From there, the Twins really did just keep on adding to that lead, and then at some point just felt pretty insurmountable. Um, Whenever you did text me that, uh, I was pretty much about to reply that, yeah, we, we are still in this game, but then I think that was right when Rosario hit that one single to then extend the lead. Yep. And then things just kept on spiraling out of there. And I was like, yeah, things aren't really looking good for the rest of the day.
0: Yeah, no. And part of that comes, I think, also with, um, you know, Reynaldo Lopez only making it three and two thirds, Uh, you know, eight runs given up, all of them earned. He only struck out three batters. Uh, He did give up three home runs. And one of the things that I've talked to uh, Buzz and Johnny about uh every time that we're reviewing a Reynaldo Lopez start um these strikeout numbers we we've seen Reynaldo be successful, and in the games that reynaldo Lopez has pitched and has been successful in, he is missing bats and tonight he wasn't missing a lot of bats, only three strikeouts um I know he only went three and two thirds, but you know you gotta get you gotta get more swing and miss in this in, 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 if if you're Reynaldo Lopez. He did not have his best stuff at all. You could obviously tell that he was giving up a lot of fly balls. He's been doing that all year. And against the Twins team that knows how to hit the hit the long ball, um, that's not a recipe for success. It's not going to um, win you any ball games, especially against a team that, that has already hit over 100 home runs this year.
1: Yeah, no, as you were saying, his strikeouts did not look great at all. Uh, you know, three is definitely not what – you want to see, especially out of someone who really does have that put-away fastball, uh, can can really blow it by hitters, but uh, the key today was his changeup. He just really didn't have the changeup. He was constantly leaving that up in the zone, and especially when he was out there in the third and the fourth, when a lot of the solid contact was coming off him, a, a, a lot of home runs, a lot of deep foul balls, uh, you could just tell that this really wasn't going to be a long outing for him, which really was a downer because I think pretty much after he started to really surrender a lot of those runs, that's kind of when the win got taken out of the sails of this offense here. Well,
0: and you felt like there was some bit of a carryover from their win last night, especially early on in this game, from what I can see when I when I tuned in. And then, yeah, you're right. The win just got taken out of the sails. And that just goes back to the fact that you're only as good as your next starter. Um, in baseball, That I think that that holds true all the time. Is you're only as good as your next starter. Um, you know, Lucas Giolito goes out and throws a gem, and you would expect Reynaldo Lopez to come and follow suit the next day. Uh, that's not what we saw tonight. Um, you know, and, and any of the uh, White Sox players riding high highs from last night's victory, uh, you got to feel for them. Because you just come in here and it's like walking into a brick wall. Um, you know, you, you take those two in, uh, in the series finale. Um, uh, the the Yeah, the back half of that, that four-game set down in Houston. You come up to Minnesota. They've got the best record in baseball, like you said. And then uh, you run into this, uh, an 11-4 to four stinker. Um, you know, the, the important thing here is to try and throw this one out and go get your next two against the Twins. But that's going to be easier said than done. Um, You know, the bullpen tonight, uh, we saw Burr, we saw Fry, and then we saw Vieira uh, come in there for two innings. I was a little bit suspect on Burr getting taken out after striking out those two batters. I know that uh, our guy over in the 108, uh, Mr. Uh, Beef Loaf, had said that he had already thrown 33 pitches. Uh, Maybe this is a bit of a hot take for me, but I don't feel like uh, pitch count should be the end all be all in removing a pitcher uh, we did see Fierro go up into the 40s uh, in his two innings I don't understand why Ryan Burr would be limited to just 33 pitches we saw him go those two innings the other day I'm more of a guy that likes to look at this as far as get me through an inning um, I know you their lefty righty matchups get thrown into there but at that point in time there was already damage being done Ryan Burr probably won't pitch tomorrow. Give him the extra few outs. Then we don't have to see Jace Fry come in. Jace Fry ended up coming into the ballgame and giving up a run on Ryan Burr's tab. So um, I would have liked to see Ryan Burr get, get through the end of that inning and, and get back to the dugout before we go and and uh, make a pitching change there. Um, you know, just uh, it probably wouldn't have mattered in the grand scheme of things, but just something that I, I had noted, I guess, to say from this ball game.
1: Yeah, I... I agree with what you're saying there. Uh, Only thing is, you know, I'm not sure who we're going to be able to use tomorrow. I guess at at that point, especially as you said, the damage was already done. Uh, You know, I'm not sure if at that point you're already kind of starting to look at tomorrow's game. So I'm not sure if that's what you wanted to do as well. So tomorrow we have Kyle Gibson... Against Manny Banuelos, so that seems to be the corresponding move here with the White Sox announcing that Thiago Vieira was being sent back down to Triple A Charlotte. Um, so, well, and yet yeah, I think that's why
0: they burned Vieira in those last two innings here is because they knew that he was going to be on a flight back to Charlotte um, after this ball game. So, you know, you you get what you can out of him, but you know. It, <laughs> Some of this reliever stuff in these ball games is just very, very interesting to me how Ricky uses that ballpen. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, the pitch counts be damned. But yeah, you know, at this point, all I'm saying is just get me through an inning. But uh, regardless, tomorrow, like you said, we've got Manny Banuelos, who looks to be reinstated tomorrow from the 10-day IL to start in the second game. He's not really instilling any confidence in me. Um, I know I've said this before as well. Um, I was at that game where he faced Boston and um, it still gives me the shivers every time I think about yeah. him starting. Uh, so, you know, it, it... Andrew, how, how are you feeling about tomorrow's ball game?
1: So obviously I don't think you can really feel great going into a Manny Van Wales start against this very potent offense that the twins have here. But I did say the same thing whenever I was on Tuesday Socks on Tap with Johnny, where we were feeling really down about the Astros series. We thought, you know, maybe that would wind up being of of a uh, like four game sweep there, but things really did seem to kind of settle in, and we we were able to get things going in that game. So I think I have to kind of stay with. The negativity here don't I I mean that seems to really be working just as it has been with you um I'm not sure I mean <laughs> you know the the
0: Marchese bump is a thing I, I know we talked about it on on shy socks weekly but I don't always believe in it you know there's there's a few guys that have warranted the criticism and just because I go off on something doesn't mean that uh, it's automatically going to uh, result in a turnaround, uh, Pat Comiskey, I'm talking to you right now. Um, you know, I, I, one of the things I said today was, uh, Ryan Cordell, you're on my list. And he's like, you know, Ryan Cordell just entered the MVP, uh, race. So, you you know, I I don't think that this is always going to work. Um, I don't, I don't think Ryan Cordell is just going to go on a massive hitting tear right now. Um, I'd still rather see Daniel Palka up here hitting in his place, but you know, in regards to the whole Manny Banuelos thing and the being negative, I don't I don't really look at this Andrew as being too negative. I, I kind of look at this more as being a little bit realistic. The Sox starting rotation is not where it needs to be as far as a team that has a chance to compete in a division. This lineup is great. I love this lineup. Um, there, yes, there's a few holes that need to be filled in it. Um, you know, yonder Alonzo uh you know Luray Garcia could probably be replaced with somebody a little bit better sorry Johnny Yeah. as to say
1: don't tell that to Johnny you know
0: yeah uh Yolmer Sanchez another one you know we you and I were big on you know where's DJ LeMayhew. we could have spent the money on a guy like DJ LeMayhew. Marwin Gonzalez is another guy from from Minnesota that we're watching tonight you know just hammer baseballs um you know 10 to 15 million in that range could have been spent on a few different guys that would have made this lineup a lot more potent, kind of like the Minnesota Twins have right now. So the same thing needs to be looked at with the pitching staff. Uh, you know, you've, we've already seen one bullpen game this year. Obviously, the White Sox are short on guys who can who can actually pitch for five to six innings in a ball game and get you into a uh, you know a chance to win. But you know, it, this rotation has holes, Andrew, and outside of Lucas Giolito um and a few select starts from Nova and Reynaldo Lopez. Everything else has just been kind of eh. You know, you're not going to see Carlos Redon for the rest of the year. Um Dylan Covey has been Dylan Covey and you know it does doesn't instill a lot of faith. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying that there were other options that we could have went with than the current starting rotation that the White Sox have.
1: Absolutely. So Pretty much with where I am right now with this rotation, the only starts I'm really looking forward to are are the Lucas Gilito starts up until we do decide to call up Dylan Cease. Then I'll be looking forward to each and every one of those as well. But, yeah, I mean, this offense sure does have a few, hill, have a few holes that could be filled, but um, not quite as much as the starting rotation. I've been saying few of those guys, like uh, Gio Gonzalez, you know, he signed for, what, one year, two to three mil with the Yankees. That's something we easily could have thrown out there. Uh, You know, same with Wade Miley to the Astros. I mean, heck, I would take him over Nova, any of these guys, any time, any day. Um, And, you know, it sucks that the Irvin Santana experiment was all than just that. But, um, you know. He signed with the Mets today. Yeah, I did see that. That's just classic Mets. They also signed uh, Matt Kemp. So interesting stuff going on there in New York. Seems to be like a more I would I would compare it to a 2015 2015 White Sox on steroids, signing all these you know like veteran guys, hoping that they still have a little bit in them, but not quite uh, what they used to be back in the day. But,
0: um, you know, it'll be funny when Irvin Santana is throwing, you know, a few quality
1: starts in a row in that Mets rotation. Uh, I don't know. I mean, in the same division as Bryce Harper, I I, I think Bryce is going to take him to the moon first game. He gets called up if he even does get called up. I know he's going to be reporting to the minor league squad first or, uh, the, uh, like minor league camp there. But, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. It would be very
0: White Sox-esque to go see Irvin Santana uh, go to the Mets and then you know post a few quality starts. I'm, I don't think he'll be able to keep it up if, if he does get one or
1: two of them in there. But um, he, I think we have the Mets at home this year. Maybe we can see him pitch against us at the rate. That would be something.
0: You know, that would be something. And, you know, what? I actually have one of those games in my plan, I believe. Actually, I might have two of them. Um, so that would that would be something to yeah. see uh Irvin Santana versus the White Sox um you know that's the type of game that he would show up for <laughs> yeah, you know no that, that would be the game that he would show up for. a little bit for. of vengeance yes Irvin yes.
1: Santana vengeance game yes uh,
0: you know and you know let's let's keep it focused here on the on the Minnesota series uh you got any picks to click for tomorrow
1: yeah so I think Yohan Mankata keeps it going here uh you know, he did pretty well during the Houston series, especially yesterday. He got a few knocks there. He, he had a few knocks tonight as well. Uh, and against Kyle Gibson over his career, pretty reasonable numbers over 13 at-bats. Uh, he's hitting a nice three oh eight. So I'm going to go with him to keep that going. What about you, Tony?
0: You know what? Moncada was on my on my radar here Um I'm gonna go James McCann tomorrow because you know James you're gonna McCann. get you're gonna get this you're gonna get the James McCann start. Especially Wellington Castillo left tonight's game. Um he's being evaluated for concussion. He took two foul balls right off the mask. Um James McCann's gonna get the start. Uh I went with Eloy tonight. That really didn't pan out. Abreu would be another safe choice, but I feel like I've used that name one too many times. I'll go James McCann in honor of
1: uh, our guy Buzz. That sounds pretty good. And I mean, back to Wellington Castillo. Are you sure he hasn't had a concussion all year? I mean, for Christ's sake, <laughs> you know, that's, that's to another question.
0: Lineup, you know, and, and I don't, I don't like to see. Yeah, I don't root for, see, injury, yeah, don't really root for injury at all. Box. I hope, I hope he's okay. But um, I would, I would not mind seeing Zach Collins or Sabby Zavala up on the White Sox. I, I really I, wouldn't mind. Seeing either of those guys get a chance to, to get some major league at bats at this point.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think this could be the situation where that really does happen. Um, you know, especially if it's an extended stay on the IL, you know, they could decide to bring up Zach Collins. But if it's, you know, only the seven day concussion or something like that, my worry is they're going to pull the most possible White Sox move imaginable call up alfredo gonzalez or something like that for seven games and then send him right back down um, you know and i kind of
0: you say this and i get really scared about something like that um you know i haven't seen much of alfredo gonzalez this year i was worried that he was going to be on a a white Sox roster and i believe that he still is so yeah he's in double a i believe Yes. He's, he's down in double a and you know, that would be the thing, right? That would, that would absolutely be the thing that we would see. He's down in Birmingham right now and scary enough through 11 games, he's got a three eighty seven (laughs) batting average down there. So that would be, that would be a very white Sox esque type move. Um, and you know, we've, we've seen it happen before. Um, Alfredo Gonzalez coming on up tomorrow. That
1: would would be something. We called him up last year, and what, over that whole time he got one hit? Something like that? I think I was at that game. It was against the Brewers, actually. That was a big series then.
0: Yeah. um, He he did come up last year. Uh, He did end up with just one hit, uh, a resounding 111 batting average, four strikeouts. He had nine plate appearances and showed up in three games, so – Um, you know, that would be the type of White Sox move to get him in there for a game or two. Uh, Sebi Zavala did go yard tonight for the Charlotte Knights. Um, so that's, I'll take that
1: as well. I'll take that or Zach Collins, anything. Yep. And Collins
0: Collins is back himself and, and, and resumed catching duties for the Charlotte Knights as well. So we'll have to see what happens there. Um, I'm sure somebody from On Tap Sportsnet will have a blog up tomorrow about Wellington Castillo's status, um, so be sure to check that out and whatever move that the White Sox do make, if they have to make one, on behalf of Wellington Castillo. Um, as of this time of recording, there is no word on his actual status. Just an update will be provided when more information is available, so we'll have to see what happens
1: there. Absolutely, and up until then, hopefully we're able to take the rest of these two this upcoming series and then start this homestand strong at home this upcoming week.
0: Yep, and uh, Andrew, you and I are going to be doing a few of these, the rest of the uh, the Sox on Tap crew. Uh, it's pretty much me and be, you. Yep, they're going to be enjoying some vacationing over the course of the holiday weekend, so you and I are going to be uh, holding down the fort over here. Let's hope we can at least get a win or two to talk about this weekend Um, until tomorrow.
1: Let's go White Sox. Let's go White Sox. Tony can't wait.